This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast Channel. This is True Catholic Devotions for February 23rd, 2022. And for those of you who practice it, Lent is coming up. Get prepared. 
Uh, first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am and all that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to your service and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So today's today's scripture, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 3, verses 25 through 29. I'm going to do my best to translate this into regular English. But after the faith has come, we are no longer under a teacher. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized in Christ, you have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is no, I'm sorry, there is neither bound nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then you are the seed of Abraham's heirs according to the promise. So, before I, this, I've said on previous episodes that basically to a person reading the New Testament, I'm not saying everything in the New Testament is 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 uh self you know self evident but I think this is one of those passages that is and does not necessarily if you approach it in the right direction that necessarily you need a commentator to understand what the church fathers or the saints have to say about this now Having said that, the reason I chose this particular episode, uh, I'm sorry, this particular scripture passage to comment on is because I've noticed, and it, it just seemed like the Trump years in America brought out the worst in everyone. Um, but when Trump was president and I was on the internet, and listening to podcasts. And by the way, there's there's still a movement that's called the neo-reactionaries. And they're no better than the neocons. They, they're thorough moderns, no matter what they say. As a matter of fact, you know, they're... I, I This isn't about the neo-reactionaries. I'm just saying that they're... I haven't listened to him in in a year or so, but the last time I listened to him, they're no better than the neocons. They pretend that there's whoa, we're in that, we're reactionary, man. We're fighting again. They're not. They just want to be the ones on top and force their twisted views on everyone else. You know, and a lot of them, a lot of them think that they're Christians and they're not. They they have no idea of Christianity. Um, but they're so ignorant of, you know, true Christianity, they wouldn't know it if it kicked them in the nuts. But anyway, but when during the Trump years, um, 
you had you had the well in Europe because I listen to European podcasters in Europe you had reaction because basically the EU had basically opened up the doors and said hey um, if you have working limbs and a heartbeat, come to our country and live. And, you know, most of these people were not native to the, to the nations that they were going to. Now, when the, the nationalists of those particular country got upset, I literally, you know, had some sympathy for them because... Europe, you know, um, despite what the the media will tell you, has always been predominantly, you know, Germans in Germany, Austrians in Austria, uh, French in France, you know. I mean, individual uh, different little uh, ethnic enclaves might be in a particular country, but they were European, They weren't from Asia, they weren't from Africa, they weren't from the Middle East. They were from Europe. And they, for the most part, shared the same same cultural mores and stuff. And then, you know, and by the way, um, you know, like anything else, uh, the people that were getting upset, the young millennials, or I should say the, the younger millennials, were getting upset. Their boomer parents were getting upset back in the 90s when this stuff was happening. This stuff has been happening at least since the 90s. It's just, you know, when Trump took office, the powers that be decided to, you know, really tick off people. Because, you know, basically they think they could get away with it. And I think they're right. Anyway, that's not the point. But the American nationalists... And, you know, this is the powers that be because multiculturalism started in the American school system around, I want to say, the late 80s. And then in the 90s, you know, it just got nuts. And basically, um, you know, um, it it wasn't at the point where... um, you had to apologize for being a white man, but it basically, well, we need to celebrate the blacks. They've been oppressed. We need to celebrate the Latinos. They've been oppressed. We need to celebrate the gays. They've been oppressed. Everybody, but the white kids, you know, you had black history month, you know, you had Hispanic heritage month and the white kids, you know, I'm talking your millennials here. Or, you know, they were using their common reason and they were saying, well, wait a minute, you know, if we're celebrating blacks and Hispanics and gays, why can't we celebrate white people? And, you know, of course, this was all controlled by the powers that be so that if any white kid dared to 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 show his head above the trench, he quickly got shot down. Now. To some of you, this may be boring and, you know, irrelevant. Trust me, there's a point to this. So then, you know, we're talking uh, almost, actually over 20 years later, 
the millennials that went to grade school under this garbage, um, basically, you had three types. You had the uh, identity politics black people who were basically Marxist, and you had their white sympathizers who bought the, the garbage that they'd been taught in, in school and felt bad for being white. Personally, I never understood why you should apologize for something you never had control over, but that's me. And then you had the white nationalists who overreacted and wanted to set up you know, their own little ethnic enclaves. Well, here's the problem. Because these are Americans, they are absurdly ignorant of their history. Because whether we like it or not, you know, and I'm sure that the, the, the Masonic sat sat Satanists who, who control this country purposely made it this way. But when they call it a melting pot, hate to tell you, it is. But even, even by the 1830s, the original Protestant English that initially founded this country were in the minority by the 1830s. We're not talking about the 1850s when a massive wave of Irish immigrants came in from Ireland because the British were starving them with the potato famine. We're talking the 1830s. But you had the French in Louisiana, you had the, the, the Spanish and the Hispanics in Florida and in Texas and New Mexico, Arizona and California. You had the American Indians west of the Mississippi and you had some Indians east of the Mississippi, the ones that we hadn't massacred and killed and basically tried to wipe off the face of the earth. But basically... You know, we've we've always been a melting pot. Oh, and don't forget we had the African slaves in the South. And actually, before the 1860s, you had some African slaves in the North. Don't buy the Kool-Aid gang. America, the Northerners had slaves. They just weren't as numerous and as obvious. But they had them. Now, individual states did outlaw slavery in the North. Um, I couldn't give you an exact date when the last northern slave, uh, I'm sorry, not last northern state outlawed slavery, but it it was not, it, it was within a decade of the Civil War, okay? But anyway, the purpose I'm bringing this up is a lot of the people, and by the way, I noticed this when I first became prod uh well when I first became Protestant is that we separate uh, Protestants are especially horrible at this and no this is not a screed against Protestantism I've been a Protestant but there was a reason I left this is just a general observation not a personal attack but I noticed like First of all, when you go into a Protestant bookstore, they got a Bible 
you know, it's the same Protestant Bible, but you have a different, you We're know. We're on a mission from God. Uh, I apologize, guys. Um, these things are going to happen. Where I left off is you go into a Protestant bookstore and you're looking for a Bible. They'll have a men's Bible. They'll have a female Bible. They'll have the black Bible. They'll have the Hispanic Bible. They'll have the Native American Bible. And since basically Protestantism is just secularism with a quote-unquote Christian face, um, it basically tends to take whatever shape the society at large is taking. And that passage that I just read, if, if, you're in, if you're trying to be a true Christian, which is pre-Vatican II um, Catholicism, you don't have, you don't separate yourselves along the sexes. You don't separate yourself along racial lines. You don't, you know... The only thing you separate yourself from is the wider world around you and from obvious people who are obviously not interested in piety and devotion to the true God. You're to be completely separated from that from the culture, but not from your fellow human beings. But um just to diverge just a hair, the reason the Catholic Church is called Catholic is the word Catholic is actually Greek and it means universal, meaning it covers everybody all over the world. And its teaching, since it is objective, not subjective, is for everybody in the world. And when I hear, you know, I've I've heard some set of accountants talk this way. Oh, we need to, we need to, uh, we 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 need, you know, to get our homeland back. Well, first of all, the powers that be are basically controlled by Satan, and Satan can't do anything that God does not allow. So I think that ship has sailed. You know, um, now I, I, I was talking to a person and they were telling me, well, you know, doing God's will means you got to do something. Absolutely. I agree. So here's an idea. You don't like it that a bunch of, uh, if, if you're living in uh, certain European territories and you don't like it that a certain, uh, group of people who like to drive their trucks through uh, trucks of peace through crowds of people. Why not try to turn them into set of a contest? I don't know. Just an idea. I mean, now I'll grant you not everyone is called to do that sort of thing, but I'm pretty sure, you know, that there's a lot more set of a contest than are actually being credited for. Not that they would be listening to my show or anything, but maybe if you're set of a contest and you come across this, you could kind of float the idea. 
you know, you might want to float the idea, you know, maybe, you know, uh, by the way, (laughs) by the way, basically, um, the Jews from Israel basically turned pagan Rome, which was Italian, into a Christian state. And once the Romans converted to Catholicism, they went into France, they went into Spain, and they went into Germany, and they went into England. And guess what? Converted that, uh, converted those countries too. You know, you can, you can nitpick and hair split. Oh, well, those were European, you know. Once again, I'll go back to the, the scriptures. There's no slave. There's no freedman. There's no male. There's no female. There's no Greek and no Jew. You're all one under Christ Jesus. Now, I understand that the people that may be living in your particular country, including ours, may not be... um a Christian. But here's the thing, guys. Your job as a set of a contest Catholic or true Catholic is to convert them. It's easy to sit on your duff and complain on the internet. Oh, my country's being a bit. I need to build a bunker. I need to build a community. Just as a quick aside. I was still in the Norvis Ordo sect when that fake Catholic, Rob Dwyer, who eventually showed his true colors and went to orthodoxy using the ex- uh, the excuse that, well, the, uh, the, 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 the Catholic priests were raping too many kids. Um, he wrote a book called The Benedict Option. And basically, The Benedict Option basically said, hey, uh, move out somewhere rural, take your Catholic friends with you, and don't let the world in. Now, that was a phallus argument. Uh, I'm sorry, not phallus. <laughs> Freudian slip there, my bad. A uh, facetious argument. And it was historically an inaccurate argument. When St. Benedict of Nursia was a monk, they retreated to the monasteries not because they had lost their mission to evangelize and convert. They moved into monasteries out of necessity. I mean, yes, some guys formed their own community so they could get, get out of the world and contemplate and pray and stuff. But some of the monasteries were specifically built to copy texts that because of the time, the the Norse invaders, you know, the Norse barbarians and the other barbarians from the East were coming through Western Europe and put, basically putting everything to the torch. Okay? But, and, and you know, I, I, I feel awful that I even have to explain this. Monks are monks for a reason. Okay? And nuns are nuns for a reason. They're not the general populace. Okay? They're called to study and pray and to commune with God. Okay? 
However, if you are a Catholic layman, it is your duty to interact with the larger population and try to convert it either by your example. Well, actually, that should be your biggest thing. By your example and by, you know, just, you know, letting people, informing the ignorant, as it were. Um, And by the way, you know, Shamed I have to add this note too. The, the monasteries, the monks in the monasteries ended up not just preserving the knowledge from, you know, the previous, you know, few centuries and some Greek and Roman manuscripts, but they also ended up converting the um the viking and the uh the eastern barbarian invaders <laughs> you, you know normandy normandy yeah those guys are basically um norsemen who intermarried with the french okay <laughs> basically the the reason why the normans are a little fairer and a little blonder than the rest of France is, is because basically they're, they're the offspring of Vikings. Okay? But let's go back even farther into time and tell you why the Benedict Option sucks. During the persecution of the Catholics... Not the Protestants, the Proto-Protestants, the Catholics in Rome during the pagan persecutions. One of the reasons why Rome eventually fell, and I cover this in my history of um, the Catholic Church, or yeah, I think it was Catholic Church, um, was because they led such pious and exemplary lives to their fellow countrymen. And when they were called to be um, martyred for their faith, they gave such brave examples that even the most hate-filled pagan was like, wait a minute, these guys, they're not cowering, they're not begging for their lives, and they're not cursing us and spitting us in in our faces. They're just letting us kill them. What's wrong with our society? And basically, um, you know, there there were a lot of uh, wives of senators and stuff. And uh, from my understanding, even in the royal, uh, in the uh, the Caesars family, and you know, through their influence, they they helped make it socially acceptable amongst the ruling classes. But the uh, but the uh, working classes themselves, they were eating this stuff up. My point is, is that in order to do Jesus's mission of converting the population around us, which is our mission while we're here, and not getting involved with the pagan society at large, is we are supposed to lead pious, devoted examples as best as we can. 
you know. Um, and by the way, like I said earlier, you know, the Saints, the Saints themselves are a minute example of the Christian society as a whole. And I think God meant that that way. Because obviously, you can't have a bunch of celibates in a cell if you want society to perpetuate. You know, somebody's got to have kids and lead a worldly life. But not only does it say in the Bible, the saints and the doctors of the church have said this too. We're, um, we're to be as pious and devout as, as we can be and let God do the rest. And by the way, if you're sincerely trying, he will help you. Now, being pious and devout doesn't mean uh, wearing a hair shirt, whipping yourself on the back, uh, fasting on bread and water, you know, three times a week or five times a week or whatever. Now, I know that saints in the past have done that. But I'm a firm believer that we are all individuals and God deals with us as individuals, even the saints. So I'm sure individual saints who practice those mortifications and because they were friends of God, probably, you know, because they had a literal, you know, for all their talk about a, 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 uh, a relationship with God, <laughs> Protestants really don't understand what that means. Because they had a literal relationship with God, God led them, I believe, to do those things. But not every saint practiced those. But eventually I will talk about the saints because I know there's a lot of people who don't know what a saint is or don't understand how it works. And like anything else having to do with the true religion, it gets twisted. So, basically, you know, quit drawing lines. Quit, basically, the people that want to separate themselves, you know, um, along racial or gender lines, you're, you're just aping the society at large. Is 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 what I see. Um, and by the way, if you feel the call that you you know for whatever reason, if God leads you that you want to be a contemplative monk or nun, then join a set of a contest monastery or nunnery. It's you know now I understand some of you may be in a place where you can't. Well. You could still be a hermit. St. Anthony of Egypt felt called to God to separate himself from the rest of society and just pray and meditate on God by himself. Um, I believe it was in a cave. And <laughs> oh, apparently, you know, enough people found out what he was doing and were so impressed with his holiness, a bunch of people from the city went out to him and begged him, hey, can we follow you? you you've got it. You've got the answers. You know, and St. Anthony being St. Anthony was like, uh, he talked to God about it. He's like, I really don't want to do this. But eventually, yeah, he formed a community out in the deserts of Egypt. 
But he started out as a hermit. Okay? And by the way, it pains me that I should even have to make this clarification. If you are called to a celibate contemplative lifestyle, then yes, you have to separate yourself amongst the sexes. But to me, that's just common sense. That's not, you know, that's not aping the larger, the larger um, society at large. You can't have a bunch of people between 20 and 40 mixed in living together, no matter how good their intentions may be. That's like lighting, uh, putting a firecracker in, in, a, uh, in, in a can of gasoline. It, you're, you're looking for trouble there. Anyway, I've just felt called to, to do a commentary on this because I said this in an earlier uh, episode. Basically, the Masonic Satanic masters of this world, they want us separated by sex, by race, by religion. I mean, there should be only one true religion, but basically they they play all ends against each other. You wonder why? Because they understand implicitly, because their master is Satan, that if we actually were united under one true religion, they would not stand a chance. They would absolutely not stand a chance. And what little whole, well, actually, they, they, they own most of the world. But if, if the whole of, well, most of humanity outside the, the Masons um, got together and said, yes, we need to be pre-Vatican II Catholic. And it's decided, you know, that we're not putting up with this garbage. Then, you know, these guys would 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 not stand a chance. Unfortunately, we live in the times we live in. Okay? And I don't, at least in my observation, I don't think that that's really going to happen. But I'm not God. And my God is a God of surprises. It may happen. Um, but if it does happen, I'm thinking it's not going to be in my lifetime, whenever that may be. Anyway, you didn't have to listen. You didn't have to come to this podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you made it this far, thank you again. Um, I hope that the Holy Ghost used me to give you food for thought. Uh, maybe, maybe touch you in a way that you know you you needed to be touched. And by the way, that's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. So, and by the way, the Holy Ghost ain't going to touch you in the Vatican II way. Just, just saying. Anyway, um, I just want to say I'm praying for you guys. I, I pray for everybody every day. Um, and in another podcast, I I admit it. Well, actually, I quoted St. Francis of Assisi, but I felt that quote is particularly apt for me. He said, I have been unholy in all things. If God can use a person like me, he can use anybody. 
But the, the part I want to emphasize is I have been holy. In, uh, I'm sorry, unholy in all things. So when I do these episodes, I, I'm not some person waving a Bible in your face and, and, and being self-righteous. I'm one of you who's trying to get to devoutness and um, um, piety. And I'm asking you to join me. Okay. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Jeune Seigneur, à ton œuvre splendide, un cœur de feu, une âme de guerrier, tu les donnas à la Vierge timide, que tu voulais couronner de laurier. Sainte Jeanne de France, notre espérance repose en vous. Sainte Jeanne. Notre espérance repose